0: Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Uh, By this point, you probably know who it is. My name is Ja.
1: Hey, it's Dugo.
0: We are here with more content, more for your head tops. And uh, this week, we're going to be reviewing the NFC West. Last week, we did the AFC South. We made it out West. And the first team that I think everyone wants to hear about is kind of a team in California. Oh. That team is the San Francisco 49ers.
1: Ooh, oh, you are a smart one. Oh, you know, off rip, I would have thought you meant the Rams just because they are Super Bowl champs. True. But that's fair. Yeah. I won't lie. When it comes to the most questions out of both of those teams, definitely the 49ers. hmm Dog.
0: They got a lot of questions, yeah.
1: Don't get me wrong. Like Even like from a systematic standpoint, I understand the, almost like this four running back system that it seems like they're going to be running.
0: Hey, a lot of zone.
1: But, as a fantasy owner, dude, like, I'm absolutely fucking pissed. Like, it seems like Shanahan is very committed to this system. Like, it sounds like Trey Sermon's looking good now. It looks like, uh, fucking Tyler Davis Price is going to be basically like the number four back it looks like at least on the depth chart as of right now
0: i could see him being a sneaky goal line back, just being a pain in the ass for everybody
1: yeah dude i could definitely see him being the vulture on that team just because of his size i don't doubt that
0: yeah for sure and you know tdp is somebody who i've been kind of coming across a lot in my mock drafts recently okay uh if you guys aren't already on underdog if you aren't already playing best ball you should try it out Long story short, best ball is kind of like a more popular fantasy football format nowadays that allows you to go ahead and, uh, you know, draft the team. You draft a quarterback, you draft some receivers, tight ends, running backs. Essentially, you accumulate just a bunch of these guys, and in best ball, you don't manage your team. It's completely, uh, I guess, I don't know what the word is. Just hands-free. Hands-free, basically. And uh, essentially, you draft your team. They go throughout the season, you don't get to pick people up, you don't make trades, and at the end of the season, they'll play, or at the end of every week, actually, they'll go ahead and play the best possible lineup you could have had. You play that out, and it's essentially a game of who can draft. And right now in drafts, TDP is somebody who seems to have that potential to be a, you know, he could be a startable running back every week, and you're getting him right now in, like, the ninth round, maybe, 10th round, 11th round, 12th round. Right, right i don't know i mean i know elijah mitchell he had four or five injuries last year Dugo, where are you kind of with this running game and starting off i guess how do you value tdp
1: dog so i'm gonna be honest for everyone right now i think i'm kind of just off on all of the 49er running backs
0: fuck this shit i'm out
1: my reason being is it just keep it reminds me of like the new england patriots running system like, can you ever really be all that dependent on, like, a Damian Harris when he's been on that team? Or, you know, a Rondale Stevenson, right? Is that it? Yeah,
0: Rondale. Or, yeah. uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, so.
1: Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, you know, like, as of right now, I can't really name a time of when I've been super dependent on a New England running back. Or anyone who's been fully a part of a, like, of three four horse committee like that so san francisco
0: like, as everybody knows tends to have like a new rb1 every year basically yeah
1: exactly dude like before it was uh moster everyone was high on him and then elijah mitchell came out of nowhere yeah and then it's just gonna it's a revolving door guys just don't fall for it like if you try to pick up on like the new hottest thing you know maybe that could be you know the best possible like the best possibility but i mean you're I feel like you're playing with dynamite at that point.
0: The advice that I would give to you guys at home when it comes to the San Francisco running back room is you are going to come across a lot of really enticing situations in your draft. Those enticing situations are going to include when you're in the middle of the fifth or at the end of the fifth round and you come across Elijah Mitchell, who has RB2 or RB1 potential if he's healthy and he plays and he gets the workload. Don't do it. Or you can all out and go take somebody like, I don't know who's available in the fifth, Gabe Davis. Don't love Gabe Davis, but that's who's available. Darnell Mooney, kind of. Amari Cooper, maybe. (sighs) I think that with the presence of Trey Lance, who's going to be a Russian quarterback, right now I think the money line is on him going at around 500 rushing yards this year in Vegas. Mm -hmm. You can bet the over-under on his player props. (sighs) I got to say that I don't really trust any San Francisco running backs either. Elijah Mitchell's going to come around and be an option in the fifth round. And TDP is going to come around maybe five, six rounds later and potentially be somebody you can draft. I, I, I would avoid both.
1: Yeah, dude, I just, I don't see really any sort of reason to, you know, dip my hands in that. When I could just get running backs possibly in earlier if not later parts of the draft and just kind of like get like a vulture on a team you know i could just do that as well and not have to go through the whole headache of yeah they might be the head of a committee but they're still in a committee yep so i don't know man like it just sucks i don't like it get yeah. me out of the 49 running back system but i will say this though i have been being more and more impressed with brandon Ayuk. Oh! The more and more that I keep hearing from this, uh, from the camp, dude. let like, Okay. I am getting more okay. and more enticed about it. Like I really like what's going on there. My I man's a dog. I mean, I'm trying to tell you, bro. Well, sh- dog, you I've don't gotta. To he, tell you. you don't gotta tell me, dog. When he was a rookie, he just about won me the the league. The Shiva? Yeah, he just about did it as a rookie. Like this guy saved my ass because he would always fill in a flex spot for me, and so. I loved him his rookie year. I don't know what the hell happened to him his second year, though. It must have been just those sophomore jitters, which honestly happens to just about everyone. Especially being a first-round pick like he was. Like, I get it.
0: So, I was watching an interview that was done by Kyle Shanahan. Okay. It was probably about three weeks ago. And Brandon and I, Uke's been going crazy in training camp. If you guys are anywhere on Twitter, you've probably seen it. And Kyle Shanahan had to answer to one of the reporters who asked, you know, what was the difference in Brandon Ayuk this year? Kyle Shanahan sat there at that table in front of the camera, looked the camera dead in the face, and he said that essentially what happened is that in 2020, the NFL had COVID. Okay. The world had COVID. There wasn't anybody in the games. Mm -hmm. Every game felt like scrimmage or every game felt like a practice. That's what everyone said. Brandon Ayuk came into the league in 2020 with the expectation that that's just how the NFL was. That's how easy it was, right? There's no crowd noise. There's no crowd interference. Different, um, you know, defensive players play differently. Obviously, you had Debo there. Right. So, he came in, had a great year, and Shanahan's like, okay, let's see what you can do to improve. And IU kind of slacked off, essentially, in the off season, Didn't come back into shape. Got a little cocky. Okay. Said, oh, I'm too good at this shit. I'm a first-round receiver. I'm going to keep doing this. That wasn't the case. Shanahan didn't like his attitude in the offseason, and he was in the doghouse for the first half of the year.
1: Emotional damage!
0: Moved to the second half of the 2021 season, and my man Brandon Ayuk went crazy. He finished, in terms of points per game, in the last, let's say, 50% of games, as somewhere around the wide receiver 15. Now, in total, he finished as the wide receiver 34. Really nasty finish. But we've seen in 75% of his career he's a pretty productive receiver when targeted i know that recently he's always kind of finished around that wide receiver three mark but i think that with the presence of a trey lance who we'll get into a little bit later and the presence of that stronger arm more explosive plays and potentially more targets because of their friendship we could very well see brandon you kind of step into at least that wide receiver two range Tell me, I guess, what you got from yeah, everything dude. you've seen.
1: Oh, I did. I definitely think that Brandon Ayuk has all the possibilities to be a wide receiver two, possibly wide receiver three. Like, I don't think he's going to go any higher than a two. Um, But I do think that one thing that, I mean, is no one I feel like is really thinking of is he kind of has, like, the same body type as, you know, Debo. And I feel like before all the contract talks and everything, I mean, if you look at his versatility, like Brandon Ayuk definitely could take those jet sweeps. He could take a little bit of a load off of him rather than, you know, like maybe Debo just does like some of like the running back work rather than all the jet sweeps. Mm -hmm. So like, I just think that there is a versatility of Brandon Ayuk that we don't really talk about that Mm -hmm. we saw in that first year that didn't really translate into the second year. Probably just because Shanahan was obviously just keen on Debo. Mm -hmm. But I mean, once you have a high put. High paid athlete like that, you know, I feel like now is the time that you're probably gonna, you know, you're gonna pick your poison with that.
0: You are, you're gonna have to, and that's how Kosh Shanahan is gonna get, or is going to scheme them up,
1: right? And so, when you have a person like Brandon Ayuk, first round wide receiver, a tremendous athlete all around, I just think that you could possibly see him getting some rushing work this year. I really do, just to see like his full versatility come into play. And you know, just give another leg to that offense that doesn't need another fucking leg, like yep. that offense. Literally, anyone could take a handoff. Anyone could get, catch a pass. Crazy. Like it's crazy, dude. But I mean, if you want to talk about someone who can literally at any play take a handoff at any time, be an absolute slant god. Is he a slant god? He is, dude. Debo Samuel, I think, kind of <sighs> stole that title from Michael Thomas Thomas... Well, once Michael Thomas was out for two years, the title had to go to someone, and Devontae could run any single route. I don't know if Debo has shown me exactly that yet, but he is the slant god.
0: Yo, Debo got too many nicknames, bro.
1: Well, that's the one that I kind of know him about right now, and I mean, that's just kind of a personal one towards me. Debo's but,
0: name is Tyshawn. Is Tyshawn Raekwon Samuel, or Tyshawn. That's crazy. My man about to be Debo and Slant. And Slant, God, that's crazy. Yeah, dog. But, no, I mean, I feel you on that. I think that Debo is somebody who kind of went crazy, especially with receiving yards last year.
1: Yeah, but I feel like everyone kind of knows about Debo other than, I mean, so now he got paid. So Mm -hmm. I would assume that he's still going to be taking those carries that people were saying, oh, he's not going to do until he gets paid. Mm -hmm. So I would probably keep in on that. So if you think he's going to be, like, a top-ten player because he's taking carries draft him in the first mm-hmm. might as well do it right so mm-hmm. i would just leave you with that but let's talk about the man who's going to be throwing to the slant god handing off baby. to the, the fucking four-headed dragon in the back what that guy say? trey area or some shit like that i don't fucking know but tell me about why you like trey lance so much man i mean you've been on his dick the whole season yo
0: wait i've not been on his dick for the whole season i've been a fan uh, yo, okay, so I've been a fan of Trey Lance. Yo, I have been, I like Trey Lance. I've been a fan since, like, 2020. Uh, coming out of NDSU, I thought that he was somebody who had a really high upside because, obviously, he can rush, he can be mobile, he has a great arm. And going to San Francisco uh, last year in the 2021 draft made me think that his fantasy potential got even, you know, it, it increased a little bit. Going into the season this year, I think that Trey Lance is going to have a rough start of the season, and I think that a lot of people are going to be hating on him in like the first month. He's coming into the league, he, I think in the last three years, he's played like a year and a half of football. hmm Right? So, he, he has some things that he needs to work on. He's been playing, obviously, the San Francisco defense in practice every week. That defense is about to be elite.
1: Yeah, it's just about top five like every year, regardless of who's manning up.
0: I think yeah, I think it's gonna be crazy. Talking Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, just so many guys.
1: Yeah, dude. I mean, I like him, dude. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he has all the upside in the world and everything. Mm-hmm. My biggest thing is there are just some reports that are coming out. I mean, this season, like, if I would definitely have him as like a dynasty hold. Oh yeah. But like, there's some reports coming out like that. Some of the coaches are uncertain. What does that mean? I'm not really sure. But I mean once you get the flow of things i feel like once you're like if you're a pure athlete like him and like you're able to walk into ndsu and like start and do all of this shit off rip
0: he started first year i don't i don't think he took over right
1: away but, but i
0: know he came in that first season and eventually took the job
1: right but i feel like he's kind of just one of those quarterbacks who are an eight to doing it like he just wakes up and he can kind of Feel it out, like I don't know if I would say like almost like what Kyler Murray I would assume does every morning, where he just wakes up, plays a couple of games of Call of Duty, stretches <laughs> a little bit, and then you know goes to practice.
0: Yeah.
1: But like I just feel like because he has like that extra wrinkle of you know being like you said, like he's a very versatile quarterback. He's very agile. He's mobile. Mm-hmm. Like this guy can kind of do it all. And to think that Shanahan isn't going to utilize that to the utmost ability is laughable. So, I would assume that this guy could honestly, once he gets comfortable, once he starts, like, you know, getting every rhythm of the offense down, whether it isn't this year, maybe next year, or the year after. But I could see him almost being, like you said, like a Josh Allen, where he's averaging about, like, 30 a game. Like, he just has the ability.
0: So, when we talk about Trey Lance, I think that one thing not enough people talk about is his intelligence, From every single coach, from every single team member, anyone who talks about Trey Lance, one of the first things they talk about is how quick he is to adapt, how quick he is to learn, how quickly he can pick up a system, or he can pick up plays, or he can pick up what he needs to improve. Looking at him age-wise, he's 22. Looking at him size-wise, he's 6'4", 225. He's a big-ass dude, and he's an elite rusher. And so we've seen last year he got better with passing yards. He got better with completions. He got better with percentages as the season moved on. Mm-hmm. He's going to start off rough. He's not an elite thrower, but he'll make some plays happen. Right. But that first month is going to be a little rough if you have him in, in, in redraft. But I think he has way too much talent for it, for it to never shine. And I think by, you know, beginning of November, December, you could talk about this guy being a league winner and one of the highest scoring quarterbacks in, in your fantasy league.
1: I mean – I don't think it's going to happen necessarily this year. I mean, I don't want to be a hater and say it won't happen. I'm just very doubtful it'll happen this year. But okay. going forward, I wouldn't doubt it.
0: Okay. So, all right, well, coming out of Trey Lance, let going to the other NFC West team. Uh, the LA Rams, as we talked about, just won the Super Bowl.
1: Shit, okay. They
0: are on top of the world. They're on top of the mountain. And their quarterback just found out that his elbow might be fucked up. Not good. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, I guess just got the news that he got some mix of like tennis elbow and like some baseball injury. Long story short, it probably hurts for him to throw 40 times a game. Going into the year, we all kind of knew that Cooper Cup was probably going to be one of the better wide receivers on that team. He was going to be someone that you wanted to get in the first round of fantasy drafts. And a few people are fading him. I've seen his ADP drop on the underdog fantasy. I've Heard people kind of mention that he could see some, regre- some regression just because the Rams want to run the ball more. Uh, Dugo, I have Cooper Cup in my top two, but I'm a really big advocate that Justin Jefferson is going to be the highest scoring wide receiver this year. Do you think that Cooper Cup is still going to be the best receiving option or in, in fantasy, I guess, or do you think that he's going to see some regression?
1: No, I don't. I think Cooper Cup is probably going to still probably top five i will not doubt it just i would just say just because of the acquisition of Allen robinson as well who we should talk about in a bit mm-hmm. i just think that his his points are just going to go down because his targets are going to go down as well like mm-hmm. they didn't get obj until like week eight or something like that so if you have a perennial wide receiver like Allen robinson who's going to be on the team healthy the whole year mm-hmm. i just feel like the targets are going to go elsewhere you know, mm-hmm. so I would just assume that, but I just think, like, I think we could kind of downplay the Stafford injury. Like, the the reason why I think that is... I think is, it is a
0: little bit oh, overplayed.
1: Yeah, well, my biggest thing is this guy is one of the only quarterbacks that reminds me of, like, Brett Favre. That being that like, he plays through anything and everything, like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. he's literally played through, like... I don't remember what game it was, but it was, like, the end of the year when he was on the Lions, and, like, he had, like, a broken shoulder or something, and he was still trying to, like, throw the ball and shit.
0: Didn't he win the game? Like, on a game winning the, Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure
1: he did that, yeah.
0: I remember that, yeah. So,
1: I mean, just to think of that, like, the guy is just a total fucking warrior. Like, it doesn't matter if he's not going to fucking throw a ball all week during practice. It just means that he's going to be ready for that Sunday or whatever game he might be playing. Mm-hmm. So... I don't care. I still have him as a top 10 quarterback as as far as scoring, I think, this year, personally. Okay. Like, I just think you can't get rid of that offense. Like, that offense is the highest scoring offense, and it still will be, I think, this year. And you have to have a quarterback who can sling it, and that Stafford can do.
0: Yeah. So, I guess what he's being diagnosed with is an arm-elbow sprain. Uh, or, I guess you could call it elbow tendonitis. And, basically, it's something that he's probably going to need to get... A procedure done on next offseason but the recovery time is too long for him to get it done now he'd probably have to miss the majority of the season so that tells me that that is, it's that injury i mean it could be been overplayed in the media a little bit but it's real and it does exist
1: dude all you gotta do is just you know put some ben the ball on it. no put some bangay on it every morning you're good
0: i like Stafford um i still got him in my top 10 because i I think he'll play through it Mm -hmm. i like justin jefferson a lot this year i think that cooper cup had a magical season he led the wide receiver category by probably at least 30 or 40 points right man i don't know that's actually really tough If I had to bet, I'd say Justin Jefferson's going to lead the league in receiver and and, and receiving points for fantasy. I mean,
1: I wouldn't doubt it, especially from what you had saw at the training camp where Justin Jefferson was getting... Like, you were saying they were getting just about, like, a third of every single target. Like, that's sick to hear, dude.
0: All right, I know y'all are tired of hearing my voice. I'm going to shut the fuck up. But Justin Jefferson at training camp went crazy. I went to training camp a couple weeks ago where they did, you know, scrimmages, whatever... And from what I saw, I mean, my man was being peppered with hella targets. Right. I'm talking Kirk Cousins was targeting Justin Jefferson one out of every three times Justin Jefferson would set foot on the field. Mm-hmm. His target share is going to be crazy this year, and you're talking about him potentially being a part of an offense that's going to increase his pass volume.
1: Right. All right, now back to the West. Doug, so tell me who you like more between. Obviously, I think this is easy, but Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson – I obviously like. It seems like it's gonna be a tandem thing right now. You obviously should strong suit Cam Akers though, right? Yeah, that's what I think yeah. too, man. Like I just Cam Akers, I think could still be. I mean, we saw what he did when he was healthy, and when he was healthy, it was the postseason mm-hmm. or you know like the playoffs, and the guy was an absolute beast. Dog. So if you can do that in the in the playoffs, I can only really imagine what he can do. When he's actually healthy in the regular season, mm-hmm. so I think that Cam Akers could absolutely be an RB one this year. Mm-hmm. I absolutely believe so. What are your What are your thoughts on Cam, bro?
0: I like Cam. I think he has a lot of upside. I think that Cam, had a really rough go at it at the end of the season because he was coming back from injury for sure. Uh, going into a new season, he's had some time to heal up a little bit. Uh, They know what he can and cannot do, so they're going to put him in the best situations instead of having to guess of what he could or could not do. Right. Like, last year, they were kind of guessing when they brought him back.
1: For sure. Well, right now, dude, just to give you a reference, he's going towards, like, the end of the third...
0: I'd feel early comfortable taking him there.
1: Early fourth. You're good with that?
0: I think that's a that's a borderline steal.
1: Yeah, I, exactly. Like I said, I think he could absolutely be an RB1. So I'd be comfortable taking him there. Even,
0: even if his efficiency takes the dip as far as like rushing yards and the whatnot right. because of the injury or because he's just not as good as people think he is. Oh,
1: dude, I think I think the injury is hmm. over with. I don't think they would have played him if there was any sort of hindrance within that because that offense was running like a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. So I think just the addition of him... I mean, that just took him over the top, and I mean, it gave him that extra wrinkle. Obviously, Daryl Henderson wasn't an elite running back, but yeah. Cam Akers, any given week, it seems like, could. He so, definitely
0: could. Like, Daryl Henderson's also a smaller back, I think. Well, he's, like, more he's...
1: Of, I think he's more of, like, just, like, a power back. Like, I think he just has a little more power behind him.
0: Yeah, I feel like Cam Makers is probably more likely to get those goal line touches because he's a little taller. Right. A little bit more stretchability at the goal line. Yeah. Um. So I can see Cam Akers getting a lot of goal line work as that offense with Cooper Cup, with Allen Robinson, with Matthew Stafford, with Sean McVay. Those guys are going to be in the red zone often. Mm-hmm. And Cam Makers feels like that guy who's going to get most of that red zone work and a lot of those scoring opportunities, which, once again, even if he dips in rushing efficiency – He's going to have all the opportunity in the world to score touchdowns.
1: 100%, dude. I don't. I obviously don't think that you have to really front too much about Kyron Williams either. I mean, he's the rookie coming out of Notre Dame. I think he's probably just going to be more uh, or less just uh,
0: Kyron Williams.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you need to worry about him in fantasy at all this year, folks. Holy so uh, just get a lock on that. Bro, I want to talk about Tyler Higby a bit. What are your thoughts on him? Do you think he's going to be viable at all this year, or do you think, you know, you could probably shade him once it comes to the draft? Mid. He went, so he was tied at 15 last year, which, I mean, it's not top 14, so even if you're in a 14-team league, like, it's still not the top. So, like, yeah, like, probably not the greatest. I honestly don't see that really going up much from what it was from last year.
0: Tyler Higby's a really great NFL player, but for fantasy, it's pretty, it's pretty mid.
1: For sure, dude. And what about Allen Robinson? So like, he just came from the Bears. I mean, some people are saying that he has the possibility of being a wide receiver one this year. I mean, I don't see it happening <sighs> just because there's not enough targets in a fucking season to get. I think both Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson both those numbers. But I think that he could possibly be like a low-end wide receiver 2, wide receiver 3. Am I wrong with that assessment, or where do you have him going?
0: Allen Robinson's probably like a 5th-round pick right now. 5th, 6th-round-ish. When I think about Allen Robinson in this offense, I think that he's going to get more quality targets. So, compared to Justin Fields or Andy Dalton, even Matthew Stafford with elbow tendinitis is probably going to throw a better ball than both those guys. No doubt. I think Justin Fields with 12 or 13 games played finished 32nd in the league in completion percentage.
1: For sure. Well, my biggest thing is like it's it I mean, obviously the quarterback play is extremely extremely important, but it seemed like everywhere he was, like he was the like the end all be all wide receiver one. Like Darnell Mooney wasn't like, you know, battling for that really
0: but he never had a guy like cooper cup
1: exactly and so that's why i think that he's gonna be like a lower end wide receiver just because there's there's a big dog in the building it's not just alan robinson
0: you got him as a two like a wide receiver two
1: yeah i i do
0: so yeah he's one of those guys that you could get in the fifth round get wide receiver two value and that's automatically a win
1: yeah it's not bad i mean i just don't see him being like that one that everyone's talking to him about But I think he definitely could be a 2, possibly a 3, depending on where all the targets go. But I think he is a safe pick if you get him in the 5th.
0: Listen, man, in the first five rounds, if you're one of those advocates of not drafting a quarterback, not drafting a tight end, and you just want to go running back wide receiver, running back wide receiver, something else, Allen Robinson as a low-end wide receiver 2 is still a win. Even if he's a high-end wide receiver 3, that's still a win. He's one of the few guys I think getting drafted right now is at a fair ADP. You're talking about him having—I mean, God forbid—if something happened to Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson could be a league-winning receiver, and that's the kind of risk that I think you need to take at points in your draft mm-hmm. in order to win the league. Because everyone can draft halfway decent players and have safe floors, safe ceilings. Right. But if you want to break the mold, and if you really want to bring it home. You gotta have a little bit of luck on your side.
1: No doubt, and I mean, he's going in the same territory. If you're looking for wide receivers, there, around Amari Cooper, Hollywood Brown, who we'll talk about here in a little bit, Brandon Cooks, and Cortland Sutton. I mean, if you give me Brand or if you give me Allen Robinson between all those guys, I would say the only person that I would probably take over Allen Robinson, as of right now, probably, I don't want to be that guy. But I think Brandon Cooks could probably outscore him, and I also think that Cortland Sutton. As Cortland
0: well. Sutton would be my pick.
1: I mean, I would, I, I would take those two over Allen Robinson currently. I'm just huge on Brandon Cooks, though.
0: Yeah, Brandon Cooks is a guy we talked about last week. If you guys haven't already, go back and listen to uh, our last week's episode uh, preview of the AFC South, right? Where we kind of talked about the Texans. Allen Robinson is one of those guys where if you line them up against Brandon Cooks, Cortland Sutton, Marquise Brown, whoever, Amari Cooper, I'm taking Allen Robinson over all those guys except for maybe Cortland Sutton.
1: And I understand that. My biggest thing, I'm just big on Cooks just because I don't really see much for wide receiver competition. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, when you look, when we were talking about before, like if you have like a mid-ass team, (laughs) but you have a wide receiver one, like a perennial one on that team, Mm -hmm. I just think it makes sense. Like, I mean, why not? He's going to be fed, so why not get those receptions, especially if you're in a PPR or a half PPR. Yeah. Get those receptions because you know he's going to be getting, like, 15 a game. Fox. Get those easy points. Regardless of what the yardage is, regardless of what the touchdowns are, you'll still have those receptions. Let's talk about fucking one of the, some of the Cardinals now, dude. I'm kind of out on Hollywood Brown. I don't know what you are on him right now, but Hollywood Brown is kind of getting on... Like, my nah list right now.
0: Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm
1: -mm -mm. Is it just because
0: of the legal shit?
1: No, dude, it's not just that. I just don't know how much I love, like, those... It feels like he's one of those wide receivers that will either get, like, a touchdown and, like, three catches a game or he's gonna get zero catches and zero touchdowns a game. Like, I feel like it's just one of those guys that it's... Just all or nothing. Um, And, I mean, I could be talking out of my ass. And, I mean, like we've seen, like like we've talked about for, before with, you know, Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown being college teammates together and having all that chemistry, it might be different for both of them. But nonetheless, like, it's just, I'm kind of out on it right now, dude. Like, I kind of just, I don't know what to feel about it. And so I want to give it, like, a year to marinate before I get get into this
0: is marquise brown better than rondell moore
1: i would say so yeah
0: is he better than aj green yeah is he better than deandre hopkins right now no
1: i'd still put hop before him
0: i think right now marquise brown is being drafted as the wide receiver 24 at at least according to sleeper adps Mm -hmm. you're talking about him being drafted as the low-end wide receiver two. Mm mm-hmm now you like that because marquise brown at his ceiling is not a low-end wide receiver too
1: you're right i mean like when he was on the ravens last year the most targets that he ever saw in a game was 14 yeah so like obviously that's on the ravens where it's not a very pass heavy team compared to the cardinals like when, but like still <clears throat> like he only hit 14 twice last year
0: i'm i'm gonna put this image into your head listeners and i want you guys to just sit back and listen it's the middle of september it's week three you go over to a buddy's house to cook some barbecue drink some beers it's sunday afternoon i don't know maybe you got monday off and you guys are chilling watching fantasy or watching nfl and you got fantasy teams involved how surprised would you be if marquise brown put up 25 points in that given sunday and won either yourself or another person in your league that week
1: i mean there's always that possibility there's always that possibility but what I'll say right now is the most that he's ever gotten in a game so there was like one game against the Colts that he had last year where he got just about 25 at least in standard and then it was 33.5 PPR like yeah. so he's I feel like he's one of those guys that are due to pop off at least once a at least once a season and like we just said With this newfound chemistry that he has with his college quarterback, it might be something different. But, dog, like, I just don't know how much I really trust that, especially when you have Rondale Moore, when you have A.J. Green, when you have Hop coming back after six weeks, and he's going to be the RB or he's going to be the wide receiver one. Like, I just feel like at some point, I mean, they obviously traded a fucking arm and a leg for this guy, so he's going to fucking get his due. But I'm just I'm a little hesitant on it, man, especially when you look at all those tight ends, too, that he could go to in short situations rather than having to bomb it down the field. Like, I just don't know if it really makes sense for me to take a wide receiver like that at the end of the fourth. Like, it sounds good. It sounds good, but, I mean, I would rather take Allen Robinson like we were just talking about.
0: The next guy I want to talk about on the Cardinals is actually a guy we're kind of referring to, and that's Kyler Murray, at quarterback. Okay. So, Kyler Murray right now is uh, going for the range of a fifth rounder, right? Like, he's the guy you get if you miss out on Josh Allen. Somebody obviously forces it. Right. And gets him at the end of the first, beginning of the second, some shit like that. Um, You got Justin Herbert Who's going to probably lead the league in passing yards Going off the board mm-hmm. And so Kyler Murray is likely to be your third or fourth option
1: For sure, yeah I mean,
0: Around Lamar Jackson's range, right?
1: In my latest mock draft He was actually the I think the Sixth quarterback taken off the board And it was Allen, Patty Mahomes Herbert, Lamar, Burrow And then Kyler
0: I had Kyler in one of my leagues last year
1: Yeah tremendous
0: when he played it was amazing right my man was on pace to probably be an mvp after he came back from that six-week injury which Mm -hmm. was kind of random but when he came back from that injury my man attempted no less than 38 passes a game
1: Mm -hmm.
0: i think his lowest passing attempts game was 28 attempts in week seven against houston probably because they got an early lead for sure he averages around 35 to 40 passing attempts a week you're talking about a Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown can average 15 targets a game the first six weeks and reduce down to maybe 10 to 12.
1: Yeah, I mean, he missed two games and he was still able to be the quarterback 10. Yeah. Like,
0: like was... if you want to break down the Cardinals receivers, think about the fact that Kyler Murray is probably going to attempt 40-ish passes a game. Marquise can get 12. DeHop can get 10 or 12. Rondell Moore can get 6 or 7. Ertz can get six or seven and some running backs and get some too right like you can divvy it up however you want but i i think that marquise brown just to call back to it one more time could very well be more than a low-end wide receiver too and when i look at kyler murray he's somebody i consider to be in my top five in terms of quarterback rankings going into 2022 okay and he's somebody that i think um i'm trying to bull strategy this year and half point and full point, and any kind of league in which it's not a super flex, I'm grabbing Kyler Murray in the fifth round. I like his rushing upside. I like his touchdown potential. And I think that he's one of those guys that you can kind of rely on. And uh, any given week can give you 40 points.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I like all that as well, man. I think he's really versatile going into this year, especially with, I mean, he has passing upside, like you said, rushing upside. He has everything that you want in a fantasy quarterback. and a coach that likes to utilize him Mm -hmm. so absolutely love that Mm
0: -hmm. for sure and um
1: what do you think about james Conner though man going into this year do you think he's kind of just going to be like the same vulture like he was last year where it was just very touchdown heavy not a shit ton of yardage or what do you think what do you think he's going to be looking at this year
0: I'm avoiding James Conner like the monkey pox.
1: I love James Conner, dude. I absolutely love him. I mean, last year when he was when they had that, you know, dual back system, he only had 752 yards, mm-hmm. but he did have 15 touchdowns. And I really don't know if that's going to be dropping too much this year because I mean they're going to be in short yardage situations regardless. I mean that's mm-hmm. not going to change that's just football. Yeah. And for sure. so when you look at him, he's probably going to be the short yardage back because I mean he's 6'1, 233. Like that's that just runs powerhouse. And so I just like James Conner this year, man. Like last year he was running back five. So I think that Is he probably going to be the one that I want to take in, like, the second or third? I don't know if he can... Yes. Like, I would take him in the third, but I don't know if I would necessarily take him in the second unless it was, like, way at the end.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I agree with that.
1: Like, he would definitely be a lock at three for me, but in the second, if I was drafting at the end, that's when I can make it make sense. Yeah. And that's probably if I take, like, a running back in the first as well, I won't lie. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking of guys, or speaking of veterans, at least on that team, the other person I want to talk about is DeAndre Hopkins, who's suspended right now. Yeah, man. Um, We all know he's going to miss the first six weeks. There's nothing that can be done about that now. He's not going to play until the middle of October. He's going around the seventh round. Right. Sixth or seventh round if you play in 10-team leagues. Right. Do you think that's a good investment?
1: I don't know if it's necessarily worth it in the seventh. I personally, if it was around, like, the ninth, I think that's when I would start to get interested in it. Yeah. But to think that I'm going to have someone just chill on my bench. and That never ends well. No, dude, because, like, if I could have, so, at least in the latest mock draft that I had, it had Hunter Renfro going right after him. And if I could have that Hunter Renfro upside for the first mm-hmm. six weeks as well, <laughs> that definitely gives me a lot better feeling. And especially, like, Right after that, Elijah Moore. Brandon Ayuk, mm-hmm. a couple of picks after. Mm-hmm. Like, dog, if you can give me that upside for six more weeks and I don't have to worry about someone else filling in a flex. No. Like, it just gives me better feelings, man. So, I don't know. Like I said, I'd probably take Brandon... Ho- or <laughs> I would probably take DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins in the ninth. That's probably where it starts to make sense for me.
0: And 10-team leagues, uh, once again, for reference. If you're in a 12-team, then... D-Hop's going around the sixth round. That would be equivalent to Dugo saying he's going to take him in maybe the eighth.
1: Fair enough.
0: Uh, Last team I want to get to is probably the worst team in the NFC West. If you guys have been watching these uh, divisional previews, you know we always do the worst team last. Seattle, up in the uh, Pacific Northwest, has a couple of guys that may be relevant, especially in your dynasty leagues. First being DK Metcalf. Yeah, dude. Ginormous fucking receiver uh, for Seattle. Had to go at it with Russell Wilson. Now has either Geno Smith or Drew Locke tossing him in the ball. Has seen a lot of dip in ADP. He's going towards the end of the fourth, beginning of the fifth. <sighs> I don't know what the hell to do with him.
1: Yeah, man. I say right now. So, the way it looks like going into this week, it looks like Geno Smith is going to be the starter. And I'm not sure how I feel about that So yeah. I'm kind of shading The Seahawks receivers right now Like you said uh, DK, current mock draft that we have Going on it was uh, He was the 4-7 At least in this 14 team And so that would probably be Just about the start of the 5th in like a 10
0: If you draft DK to be one of your First 4 players Meaning you get him in the first 4 rounds I That think just That just feels like You have to take them because of namesake, but when you get to week three, week four, week five, you're losing those closer games, and you examine your lineup, and you see that DK's putting up fucking ten points a week.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: that's going to be one of those, like, you're going to have, you're going to start having extreme thoughts about going to the waiver wire and starting Jalen Tolbert over DK Metcalf because he outperforms, and then you just get caught in the situation in which you're just pancaking lineups every week because dk is not doing what dk should do
1: right man yeah right now i don't know how i feel about dk right now like i said i'm kind of shading you know both him and tyler lockett
0: it feels like a headache bro it,
1: it is man and i don't really like to deal with those so i like to go i mean it's all about you know getting the bread mm-hmm. making sure that you can get the shiva at the end of the year and with that i think it has to be consistency that's what it has to be with your players. And so, I can't really depend on their quarterbacks, those being either Geno Smith right now or Drew Locke. So, I, I'm i not consistent with those guys. So, I'm probably shading those guys for real, for real. I think And Tyler Relocke going in the eighth right now, I'm not too happy about that either.
0: I don't want any Seahawks on my team. I'll just keep it at that.
1: Hey, You know what? I honestly, if we want to keep talking about these guys real quick, I do really like the running backs on these teams just because they are going to get some work regardless. Mm -hmm. And those are being Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker. Mm -hmm. Bro, I'm all about it, dude. So right now, if we want to keep it for real, if we want to keep it for real, for real, Rashad Penny's going in the sixth. At least that's where I had taken him in this latest mock draft. And I think that's pretty decent because he's going to be the running back one, at least starting on that team until proven otherwise. then uh, So I really like. He's just never healthy. You know, right? Yeah. Bro's never healthy. He's always hurt. I mean, that was the status quo before. It's been like
0: four years.
1: I know, man. But he could, you know, he could finally be healthy this year. I just feel like both those guys, Kenneth Walker and Rashad Penny, they're going around like that sixth, seventh round. And so I just feel like those are two really good investments. If you want a wider okay. or a, a running back.
0: If you want a nice flex a, play.
1: Yeah, or a really good flex play. I think both those guys are really great either flex of,
0: plays. Either of those guys have potential to be, you know, good uh, double-digit-a-week flex plays. But I'm I'm not relying on either Kenneth Walker or Rashad Penny to be my RB2 on a team.
1: That's fair, dog, And I respect everything that you said. I mean, the Seahawks i'm kind of avoiding but i mean shoot if they could get like a jimmy garoppolo in there or someone who could actually manage the game and get some good passes
0: that's what you're hoping for is a mid-season trade basically right if you draft any seahawk
1: yeah then like i could kind of see some upside with those receivers and you know maybe noah fan has some upside just because they're going to be running for their life and he's a short yardage tight end
0: if there's anybody i like in terms of value is probably noah fan
1: no doubt i would say that or the running backs for sure
0: no fans going in those double digit rounds too but my overall advice is stay away from seahawks stay away from seattle um and go and get yourself some 49ers and rams because i think those are going to be the teams that uh that have the most consistent producers for sure we appreciate y'all that was our nfc west if you don't already go ahead and follow us on all the social medias find us at either at gumbo pod Find us at the Gumbo on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we'll be back next week Friday with another divisional preview. Until then, my name is Chow.
1: Hey, I'm Dugo. Appreciate it, y'all. Peace. Good rings, yeah. Pooping every
0: time I speak, brother, Jiggins, there's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. dress really good. Baby, daddy, wanna shape me with the wood, and then mama, we can pull up in the woods with it. Whoa, 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 midnight moon, make your whole soul glow, yeah. And she, my pals,
1: me, no poppy. Yeah.